Hello, what is up everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now watching or listening to The Powercast. And today we will be recapping Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, Season 3, Episode 9. And the title of the episode is Home to Roost. And I'm joined today by uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr., a.k.a. Loose Lips Lou. <laughs> What's up, Loose Lips? pause how's it going gary what's up listeners and viewers yeah my name is this is my name for today because anytime that lou drinks he says everything that he shouldn't say so i think it's an appropriate name for today's episode <laughs> yeah that's hilarious um yeah uh, interesting um storyline for lou in this episode like you know um, you could you, you could feel the disappointment radiating from raquel so, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about, about, you know, what happens uh, at the end, because that was very, very ambiguous, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. And we're also joined by uh, Miss Dana Abercrombie, a.k.a. Slipping Into Darkness. How are you doing, Dana? Oh, I'll be in the dark. I'm slipping into that darkness, yo. Um, I'm doing good. This was a very interesting episode. I will say this. It causes a lot of visceral reactions to me and it's probably not for what you expected but i do say that i i like it and i thought that the title home to roost was very fitting for this episode so yeah i'm excited to break it all down and to further explain my points of views oh yeah yeah i can't wait to hear what you gotta say because you know before this uh before we started recording we were just talking and uh yeah you said you had some some uh things to say about what happened so i can't wait to hear your perspective on it too but um yeah uh interesting episode um in in my opinion you know um i i totally rich this but i thought it was a very intense episode so yeah, like it's it's going to be interesting hearing what everyone thinks of it because it was a very different episode, also, um, and obviously it's clearly setting up the finale. Um, but yeah, some 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 interesting things happen, so there is a lot to discuss today. Uh, but before we get to the takeaway segment, you know, um, friendly reminder: definitely leave your comments. We read them all. You know, um, sometimes during the week I get so busy I don't have time to reply. I wish I, I wish I replied more than I did. I'm gonna try to, you know, in this episode. But um, yeah, we do love the comments. We do read everyone. We appreciate all of you. You know, especially all the people who continuously come back. You know, as well. So please do leave your comments. Uh, let, let us know your theories and everything. Um, and also hit the like button. That is very important and subscribe to the channel also um, and you can also check out the coalition entertainment and coalition gaming um, and obviously you know the coalition.com as well because we are a press media website um, focused primarily on entertainment and video games but we cover a lot of other stuff too there's a lot of nuances so yeah check out the website as well uh, but yeah Without further delay, let's get right into the takeaways. And this week is uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr.'s turn to go first. So when you're ready, Rich. Okay, so first and foremost, uh, I thought 
I also did think this was an intense episode. I thought it was a very good episode as far as setting up the finale. Um, just a lot of crazy things to talk about. And of course, there's a lot that I feel is going to happen next week based upon what they built up in this episode. So let me start with my first takeaway. I'm going to once again go back to my name, Loose Lips Lou, because this episode, in my opinion, it was really about Lou. And, you know, the whole fact that uh, you see that he is really falling off the deep end. He had that little exchange with the store owner at the beginning of this episode where you're basically robbing somebody to get some liquor. Now, I've never heard of somebody doing that. So this guy is down real bad to be in that situation. Um, Of course, you know, you have the 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 end of the episode. Well, before well, we'll get to that later. But pretty much in this episode, he is essentially missing, and you have Marvin trying to find him throughout the episode. Raquel does enlist the help of Howard to try to get his people to find him, and eventually they do find him. But what I thought was very interesting is when Howard did find where Lou was at, Lou pretty much put two and two together. Said, "Oh yeah, you're the individual." that delivered the news that Scrappy was a snitch when really it was his mom. So you're the reason that snap that, 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 that Scrappy got killed. And, you know, you, you play a role in that. And you saw at that moment that how, how it was ready to kill him. But then he saw that Lou pretty much was ready to die. So he just backed off trying to shoot him. So essentially once Raquel and Marvin show up, they decide that they're going to, they see the state that Lou was in. They decide they need to take him, take him somewhere and they drive him away from the city. Now, the way the episode would end, when you listen to the 50 Cent monologue, basically it's telling you that he's a dead man, and obviously we did not see that in this episode. We obviously will discuss that in more detail. I'm sure Gary will have a question about that, but I just want to say right now, I don't think the character is dead, at least not not yet he isn't dead. I think they pretty much drove him away to... Uh, Raquel's sister, sister's place. This could because we saw this at the end of season one when Kanan got sent off to, you know, pretty much his his aunt's place. I think that's what they're going to do with Lou. Have him go away for a while and just get out of the city because he knows too much information. Now, obviously, if he ever does come back to New York, uh, Jamaica, Queens, then it's a problem because, again, he knows about Howard's involvement with everybody else. And he's a liability to the entire family. So I want to see how they handle that storyline moving forward. But I think for now, they may, they may play it off next week as, yeah, something happened to the character. But I really think he's just going away for a while. I don't think they're going to kill him off the show. But uh, we'll see what happened. Because Malcolm May's character, Kevin, did not have a good fate either. And he also, you know, was out here doing stuff he, he, he wasn't was supposed to be doing on, on Snowfall. So we'll see what happens. But, uh... I thought it was pretty good as far as the development of the character, but uh, looking forward to seeing what what's, what's next. Now I'm going to go to my second takeaway. And obviously, this was by far, I think, the most tragic part of the episode. You have Marvin and Gerald. You know, pretty much they told us this entire season. This uh, Gerald obviously was had became close friends with Marvin to the point where Marvin was trying to help him kick his habit and do a better job of taking care of his daughters. And then you see at the end of last week, we found out that this guy, Gerald, is an FBI inform informant. They, they came to him for information about Marvin because they were tracking and following Marvin. And also you find out in this episode, finally, that Howard pretty much 
has the conversation with Raquel when they're there with Lou. And he's basically telling her, yes, uh, you know, Marvin needs to take the fall for all of us. And, you know, at that particular moment, Raquel said, no, she will never turn on her family. But I think that that is planting a seed as to what can happen later. If things get more severe, I don't know. We have to see what happens. But the fact that she, that, that, that Howard told her this information, and of course, Marvin did not know that Howard knew this information. I, I kind of feel like something is brewing ahead for both of those characters in, in, that, in that regard. So we have to wait and see. But sticking on the topic of Marvin and Gerald, uh, it's a very, very sad to hear that Gerald's daughter, Alice, died. She drowned. I mean, we already saw in a previous episode that Gerald left the kids outside in the cold in the car. So they actually hinted that he was, you know, he, he, he had got to be so much of an addict that he didn't really have any care and concern for the safety and well-being of his daughter. So this made sense for this to happen, unfortunately, that his daughter would pass. And then, of course, that's when he tells Marvin, yes, I've been talking to the feds. Obviously, you didn't tell me any information, but, yeah, I've been working with the feds. And, you know, right as soon as Marvin tells him that he ain't, you know what? Pretty much that's it. That's it. That's it. Gerald, he just breaks Gerald when he tells him that. And then, of course, they had the scene where the feds show up to Gerald's place. I already knew when I saw that scene before they open that door, this guy is dead. We already know that because this is what we normally see would happen. He shot himself up, OD, dead. So that's an unfortunate ending for the character. But it makes sense because this entire season, this character has been under pressure. And of course, obviously, you, as a fan of Marvin, you're concerned what happens next. We have to wait to next week to see what happens next. But obviously, the way that that friendship ended, it was very tragic. It's even more sad because his daughter died. That's one thing I didn't think they were going to do. I thought they were just going to say, well, Marvin, well, Gerald tells Marvin, and then, then that's it. But the fact that there was a daughter that died, too, that makes it even more tragic. So, yeah, it's a lot to deal to process with that. But let's see what happens from here. But it's a very emotional, very intense, very well done. So we'll see what we'll see what's what's next. And finally, the final takeaway of this episode, um, I just want to talk about Butter's performance in this episode. Fantastic group. Fantastic performance at the mall. I was very glad to see Jukebox have her shining moment performing on stage as the leader. And then all of a sudden, at the very end of that performance, the FBI brings her in, to, in for questioning, and that kind of dims everything. Now, we don't know. Obviously, she got out because they didn't get any intel from her. But I'm very curious to see how the group treats her now when she comes back if they're going to have any questions if maybe the lady in charge is going to wonder whether or not she should still be a leader if they got to be concerned about anything happening as far as criminal activity within her family or her so i look forward to seeing what they do with that but also i want to give a shout out to gary's boy famous because apparently famous has an opportunity to basically take his career in a different direction because we saw he met another label owner at the beginning of this episode the problem is the guy wants him and Lou together to work on work together on something, and Lou is in no state to work with him. So I very much look forward to seeing what happens with that entire exchange. But uh, overall, I thought this was a fantastic episode. There's a lot more that I do want to say about this episode, but I figure we'll talk about it when we get to the question segment. But I thought it was a great episode, uh, and I look forward to seeing what happens in the finale next week. 
yeah, great takes, great takes. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, your takeaways are kind of similar to mine. But um, yeah, I did want to point out that famous uh, thing is interesting. You know, he's like, it's like he's finally, his dream is finally coming true. And all he, all he needs is Lulu, but Lulu is going through what he's going through. So um, it's interesting that in this episode, you have both him and Jukebox, like their dreams are like, you know, up there. And then, you know, it kind of comes crashing down a little bit, but uh, it is my turn to go next. So I'll, I'll hop right into my takeaways, but uh, good observations as always, Rich. And uh, we'll, we'll expand on, on those points a little later too. But um, my first takeaway um, is, you know, I'm going, I'm going right to Marvin, my favorite character, of course. Um, and yeah, his situation is real unfortunate, like, cause you know, you see at the top of the episode, he's basically running Raquel's empire for her. Like, um, of course she's in charge and she set everything up, but we see that he's doing a lot of the work, you know, with going to these different locations, making sure everything's in place. You know, we saw that little montage of, uh, the operation and everything. Um, and Marvin was kind of overseeing all of that. And, um, you know, it, it's just a real shame because uh, Marvin, his growth has been, like, amazing since season one, you know, to, to watch his growth, like, and how he, um, you know, he went through the anger management with Rene. Um, he lost Rene, and then, like, he kind of, um, he, he made friends with Gerald again and, and met up with him again. He saved him helped him out numerous times, you know, they kind of developed their friendship and, you know, just to see that everything is just kind of all closing in on him now. Like after he, he made an effort to be a better father and a better person in general, but, you know, because of the confines of the family and everything is kind of just all crumbling. It's all coming down on him. And, you know, even just the, 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 he thought he had a genuine innocent friendship with Gerald, but, even that's now corrupted by the police who are looking to, you know, solve these cases and, and tie him to, to everything that, you know, his family's been doing and stuff. So it's like, yeah, uh, I, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the character because it is, it's unfortunate. Obviously, you know, he's a criminal and this is what happens when you choose this path. But I think what a lot of this episode was trying to show us is that, your family ties, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you're connected to a family that's dirty, then the whole family tree is kind of, you know, dirty by, 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 you know, association. So, um, and we, we see that in Marvin's story and, um, and also in jukeboxes, which I'm going to get to, um, but yeah, um, with Marvin, I just, I, I'm struggling to see how he can get out of this because obviously it seems like he is being set up to be the scapegoat. You know, he's being set up to take the fall to save everyone, you know, Raquel, Howard, Kanan, everyone else that's involved. Like, you know, he's the, the person that the feds are pursuing. And now also, you know, Howard in, you know, he's getting kind of, um, his secrets are unraveling on the police force and he doesn't want them. Like he definitely does not want them to find out about Burke. So to make this go away, you know, Marvin is the easy solution. 
Um, and, you know, that was interesting because, you know, when Marvin found out about Gerald, um, he obviously told Raquel about it off screen. He told, he told her that there's a task force and then Raquel confronted Howard about it. Um, so, you know, we finally got that confrontation because, you know, um, a lot of us did notice that Howard didn't tell, um, you know, didn't tell uh, Raquel that Marvin was, you know, being investigated. Um, you know, shouts to MovieBot as well, because I know he mentioned that as well. Um, and yeah, so. So, yeah, like, I'm glad that we actually got to see that confrontation and see how his trail of thought there, because, you know, his whole thought pro process is basically I wanted to hold that. I wanted to keep that card in my back pocket so that if they catch up to me, you know, just sell out Marvin. And he's kind of told Raquel his plan. So now I'm wondering what she's going to do with that information because, you know, she told him I'll never sell out my family, but if push comes to shove and, you know, Kanan, you know, is at risk, you know, is she going to give up Marvin? You know, that that's the question because, you know, at, at some point somebody has to take the fall if, if things get too hot. So, and I, I wonder how Marvin feels about, you know, um, I wonder if he, if he'll even have a choice in the matter, you know, if, if she comes to him and says, look, you can take one for the team, sit down in jail, you might get the death penalty, but maybe we can, you know, get you a lawyer and, and take that off the table or something like that. Like maybe if she presents it to him, maybe he'll even decide to, to, to do it, you know, maybe he'll decide to, to uh, take the rap for everyone. So I'm wondering if he'll even have that choice to make or if, you know, he is going to be made for him, basically. So, yeah, that that's uh, my first takeaway. Uh, and also, I just want to add in as well that, uh, you know, he's he's definitely a cool big brother. I think he's older than Lou. Um, yeah, he's definitely a cool big brother, too, because you see he, uh, he he showed a lot of concern for him when Lou was pleading in the car, you know, that was kind of, it's kind of sad and heart touching, like it, it was touching to watch it a little bit, but, um, you know, he showed concern for him, let him hit the bottle and everything. So, you know, he plays the part of the, the older brother very well as well. So, so that's good. Uh, second takeaway. So Marvin, Marvin's daughter, Jukebox, you know, she shined in this episode, like, that that performance was incredible. Like she did her thing. You know, shouts to uh, the actress. Uh, do Do you know her name? The the actress name? Haley Kilgore. Haley Kilgore. Haley Kilgore. Yeah, she she did an amazing job. I know she uh she performs on Broadway and all that stuff. So you know she's well suited for this role. She definitely killed that performance. So props to her. Um, she had a great episode. Um, one thing I'll say is like this, this episode shined with the acting, like there was a lot of great acting in this. Um, and you know, she did a great job, um, you know, not only with the performance, but with everything that happened after the performance. And, you know, of course what happened was we see the feds, you know, show up at the mall, <laughs> picking the worst time possible to, uh, question jukebox. And yeah, you know, they think they, they're looking and they're thinking, oh, look, 
these guys in suits must be from a label, you know, they must be trying to sign us. And then, you know, they come into the room and it's FBI agents. So very bad look, you know, after just having an amazing performance, a breakout performance and having all those people like, you know, now becoming butter fans, essentially. Now, you know, the moment is just kind of deflated by, you know, jukebox having, um, you know, a criminal family and being brought in by the FBI for questioning. And it's, it's especially, you know, sad because we even saw her piece it up with Crystal. You know, Crystal even like came and gave her props and they made up. And, you know, it's like the group is like really becoming close and becoming family now. Like, and boom, you know, just it's just completely disrupt disrupted by the FBI. Um, and, you know, they bring her in and she tells them exactly what's on her mind. You know, she tells them yo, like, you just ruined my life. Like, I'm not telling you nothing. Leave me alone, you know? Um, and I, I love that about her. You know, she she just doesn't care, you know? Um, even though I, I think in, in her, you know, in her gut, she knows that her family kind of caused this. And, you know, they are the root of the problem. I think she knows that. But she's still not going to sell them out. You know, she's still going to, you know, she's still team Thomas. So that's uh, that's what you got to respect about her. But I do wonder um, what her, what's going to happen for her next. Um, and I do have a question relating to that later that we're going to talk about. But I wonder, you know, what is her response to all of this going to be? Because that was a big moment to kind of like, you know, miss out, like to kind of mess up for her, like, because she all, all season, she's been trying to decide, do I continue doing this group? Or do I go to the army? You know, and this this moment at the mall was huge, like, and it just felt natural. It felt like her, it felt like, you know, what she really wanted to do, like what she's really passionate about. And then it was kind of just robbed and taken away from her. Um, now, I don't know if there's a chance that she can maybe, you know, repair this. Maybe she can fix this and get back into the group and everything and everything will be fine. But I do think that um, after, you know, being embarrassed like that, she's going to seriously do some soul searching and think about, um, you know, the role her family played in what happened, you know, and whether her family is kind of holding her back a little bit. Um, you know, I think she's going to reflect on this a little bit. So um, I want to see how that thought process is going to go for her and uh, what it might lead to as well. So uh, that's my second takeaway. Um, and yeah, I also really enjoyed the discussion she had with Raquel, you know, the moment that they had at the, the diner when, you know, Raquel, she came in. Uh, she was looking real good, by the way. I'm sorry. Uh, I just... Just had to say that, but you know that that purple leather she was wearing, like that was real nice. But um, yeah, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, two thumbs up. Um, but yeah, um, that 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 conversation was uh, real. I really enjoyed that as well. Like it's like the two characters bonding and everything, and then like when you think about it in totality, like Raquel is the reason that you know 
that happened, you know, the, the, the thing that happened after the butter performance, Raquel is the reason all of this is happening, but you know, those two kind of still have a, sh a strong bond. So I wonder if that is going to be damaged, like if their, if their bond is going to be damaged at some point. Um, but, but yeah, uh, it was, it was cool to see. Uh, and then final takeaway. So, you know, obviously the, the, the Lulu thing is going to be a big part of this uh, episode, a big part of the discussion. And um, I, I guess the question coming after this, after this airs, is going to be, is Lulu going to die? Are they going to kill Lulu? You know, is Raquel and Marvin going to kill Lulu and hide the body? And uh, now I, I definitely thought Lulu was on his way out. I'm not going to lie. He still could be. But I just don't feel like what we saw is what leads to his death. Like, I, I don't think they're going to kill him like that. Um, it was real heart-wrenching to watch it, of course. Like, you know, him pleading, you know, with them not, not to leave him out there and all that stuff. Like, you know, very, very touching moment indeed. Um, but I feel like this is a fake out. I don't think they're going to kill him. Um, you know, like Richard said, I think, you know, that they, they could probably bring him to, you know, some other family that they have. Maybe it's the auntie that Kanan was at, um, or I don't know, like could be a rehab or something. Um, the only thing is about the rehab, like if they bring him to a rehab, it's like Marvin was just giving him alcohol to drink, like in the car. <laughs> so it's like. You're giving him alcohol on the way to the rehab. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's that that that's that's the last drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the final drink, I guess. Like you get your final fix before we take you. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. <laughs> the final fix. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I guess it's more likely that they bring him to a rehab or to family or something. Um, and I'm also trying to think as well whether there's a way that Raquel wants to pin things on him instead because he's already like like it, it the fact that he's already messed up maybe Raquel feels like you know I can get rid of Lou you know um, he he's the one that needs to go down because he's already messing up and I don't need him at this moment or something. Uh, the problem with that is, of course, you know, if he's already opening his mouth, then that's kind of dangerous to like have him be the person who takes the fall. But what if they frame it? What, what if the plan is to frame him, but then act like he's on the run or something? Um, you know, it could be something like that where they say, they, they try to pin the case on Lou and say that, you know, he did all of the Crown Camacho stuff, you know, because he was actually running the label with him. So they could easily say, like, you know, he was the one that was doing all of it, you know, uh, with Bulletproof Records. Um, if they, I don't know if they have the gun, but they could say that he killed Scrappy's mother. You know, they could put all of this stuff on him and say, yeah, look, it would. It was it wasn't Marvin. It was Lou. He was doing all of this himself, and then just send him away so that they can't find him or something like that, you know, um, and make it like he's on the run. But that's that's still dangerous though, because if if they catch up to Lou somewhere else, then you know 
the whole thing can come crashing down. Um, that this is just me thinking, like you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of different outcomes because they they purposely left this uh, open and ambiguous at the end because they want us to speculate about what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, this is this is just me thinking of what they might do. I don't know, but uh, it, it's probably not going to be that. It's most likely going to be like we're sending you to rehab or we're sending you to recover or something. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like it was a very interesting choice in how they did, in how they chose to handle that storyline by, you know, having that be the end of the episode. Um, and, uh, especially with, you know, uh, we're, we're going to tell you guys later anyway, about the plan for the next episode, but especially with that in mind, like what we know, um, about you know the the schedule and everything um yeah like they're, they're setting up to something big i think in episode 10 but this is not it so they're, they're trying to throw us off with this i think like so um that that that's what i got to say about that but aside from that like it was great acting like uh malcolm mays I, I think is doing a great job even though even though i don't like what Lou's character has become. Uh, Malcolm Mays is doing a great job in portraying him, like, and, and acting like a, you know, a drunk, you know, kind of embarrassment to the family. Like, he's doing a great job of, of playing that. So I want to shout out make Malcolm Mays for, for the great work he's doing, because, like, when he was pleading in the car as well, like, yeah, that, that definitely hit. That, that was hitting um, emotionally. So props to him um I, I also like how he you know despite being drunk he quickly sobered up to <laughs> to make the connection of howard being being the insider being raquel's insider like he, he made that con connection like real quick like despite being drunk so that was funny to see like he finally figured out who the inside man is and the fact that howard had scrappy uh killed like his mess up had scrappy killed and stuff um so that was cool to see and then like also seeing howard and how like hostile he was to lou as well just seeing that interaction was interesting um and then yeah of course you know raquel and lou there, there's so much animosity between them so just seeing how cold raquel is towards him as well was just like you know that that's what added to the intensity of the episode to me so um yeah but that's my final takeaway um very 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 curious to see what dana has to say about these things now so dana when you're ready hit us with your takeaways i'm ready i have takeaways that needs to be talking um now of course we start out with 50 cent in the voiceover that talks about the most screwed up lies are the ones that we tell ourselves not really the ones that others tell us the ones that we tell ourselves and that um we we tell ourselves these lies in order to get through the day and that we hope about you know tomorrow and that the tomorrow it'll get better tomorrow there will be a difference but you know we we say it in to a fact that we don't believe that anymore because we're always waiting for the next day, for the next day. And that next day never really changes. And you look at the title, Home to Roost, which is basically all of the lies that we keep avoiding 
and we're saying that it's going to get better. It's not going to be the same. They, these are the lies that are finally coming home to roost for you. And at the end, where 50 Cent also talks about how, you know, you, you say you're going to change and you're willing to change, but it's only when you're looking at the barrel of a gun. And by then, everything is too late. There's no going back and there's no way forward. You're, you're dead is dead. Okay. And it's all about everything that you have done in the past. Again, finally coming home to roost. And also what's interesting is that even though if you are not the one who's doing it, like for example, we get into the innocence of, of jukebox, she's not in there, you know, in the streets making these decisions or killing anyone or selling anything. She's what we've seen has literally been in her own world. She looks out for Canaan. She knows what other people are involved with, but she's not partaking in it. So even though she's so separated from it and she's the one who's warning, say, Canaan, don't do that. Look at that person. Look at this. What kind of party is this really? She's still impacted by her family's decisions. And I think this is when we're starting to understand why Jukebox and Canaan separated, why they started to you could argue, hate each other. And everything that this family has done, even though it's not connected to Jukebox, as we see, starts to get connected to Jukebox. And what was one of the things that Gary said was, you know, essentially, you ruined my entire life. And we see how this one action, one decision that was so, I don't even know if it was legal, to bring in a, a, a she's not 18, no no supervision, no um, guardian there to question her about a, you could argue a RICO case and no one was there and you kind of stepped to the music manager. So that, it's not even like we're gonna keep this secret. You made this whole thing public, not just the music manager, but to the other girls that have great impact upon this. Now I have something to say about the group and how I don't think right now it's going to be a negative. Um, but I really wanted to mention one of the things that's interesting. And that is the connection between Ronnie, Kanan, and Raquel. <clears throat> Which we saw that we know already. Kanan and Ronnie are working together. I have not gotten a clear answer to the statement of whether or not this was all on purpose to get back at Raquel. I did speak to Wendell Pierce and to Erica Campbell, which is the interview that's already posted. You guys can see where I, I asked, are you purposely doing this to get back at Rock? And she's, they said, yes. Using the sun as a pawn, yes. The connection with Rodney and Kanan are two different things. What's interesting is how much Rodney and Kanan, we see it all respect each other. Um, we see when Famous came back to the apartment, to essentially tell him about what was going on. We saw how Rami attacked Famous, but it was Kanan who was able to say, not now. He was like the guard dog. He said, not now. And it's interesting to know the relationship of whom is the boss of whom, because we just don't know. You see that they talk to each other and it gives that equalness. He backed down and he didn't say anything because usually he'll be like, what? You want some too? He didn't do that. He listened to him, but still retained that authoritative kind of figure. Um, and, but at the same time, remember when Rod, when um, 
Ronnie, what, not Ronnie, yep, Ronnie and Kanan was talking about with the jukebox performance, and he was saying, oh, you want to go do family things? Basically saying, you know, we got stuff to sell. You know, they have a whole entire problem. But as we saw, Kanan went to go see his sister. It wasn't Kanan and Ronnie, it was Kanan. So they kind of understand how each other moves, and Kanan seems to be someone that, you know, Ronnie respects, even though he'll never say it and never admit it. His actions are leading towards that. So I like that interesting dynamic. But when we have to add in Raquel's situation, when Marvin, Kanan, and Raquel was talking, and this is when we see that complete fracture of these are everything that you put into that son is now coming back at you. This may not be direct, you know, a direct revenge isn't like, I'm coming for you. It hits your son. And in terms of when they had that argument with, oh, you threatened um, the, the the woman, the I forgot what her title would be. Um, the woman who came down to, what was it? Like CPSE. Social, no, social worker. worker. Social, yes, sorry. That word just completely came out of my mind. So she knew about threatening the social worker. And she was like, oh, well, I can go down and tell him things about you. And he responded without blinking. I can tell him things about you too. You want to do this? Let's square up. I'm ready. Um, and that scene was interesting because Raquel no longer has power over Kanan. You can say that that's her own chickens coming home to roost how she can threaten and kill her way into certain situations to get the betterment for herself. She can't do that with Kanan. We know, we know in our hearts, she will never kill Kanan. Even if, you know, the original power never existed, we genuinely feel, at least I do in my heart, that she could never pull the trigger on her own son. That is something that she just has to live with. You know, I lost my son to this and by this is basically my own doing. She made him who the man he is today. Remember, it was supposed to be I'm going to Stuyvesant. She could have easily shut all that down. You're not learning anything. You're going to school. I'm going to send you back in, over in Maryland. Why did she pick up the boy, you know, to bring him back into that life? The choices that she made impacted him. So she has that to deal with. Um, <clears throat> another interesting situation ship for me is obviously the Lulu of it all. Uh, we'll talk obviously more in, in depth with this. I do not like the trajectory of how this is working out. I do not think that he is going to be killed. Um, <clears throat> I think it would be too easy for that to happen. And in a way, I start, I'm starting to see parallels between him and Lamar from BMF. Because remember, Lamar never died. Yes, they set him up where essentially his soul has died. But in this terms, <clears throat> I don't see him dying. And I know it's very, when, I, when, when we saw that scene of him in the car, that was so well acted. You know, he was begging for his life. And I was like crying on the floor. Oh, they're going to kill him. Oh, they're going to kill him. <clears throat> and as they was driving, they never stopped. I was expecting that soprano scene. Even if they kept driving, what is, who's going to shoot him in the back of the head? Well, he's in the back of the car. So whoever shoots him is going to see it. So I don't think, I just don't know. I didn't, I didn't feel in my heart that he was going to die in that car. And then when they started driving, I thought I was the only one. I was looking for that Maryland side. I'm like, oh, we're going to Maryland. He's going to be all right. But we didn't even see that at all. 
I just kept driving down the highway and we saw all these trees, you know, and then we saw kind of the sky and it, it faded away to the song, interesting, slipping into darkness by war. And the song itself <clears throat> is basically saying how you, you, you're starting to slip into that bad place. And that bad place is basically meaning, you know, whether it be addiction or, you know, depressing thoughts, suicide, you're, you're, you're reaching that end point. And it's about straddling the lines between the reality of, of what we have today of living and death. But the song really weighs upon death. And what was the thing that Lulu said? I'm already dead. He said that. He knows in his heart that he's already dead. And I don't think, yes, you can say, oh, he means that literally because they're going to do revenge on him. I think that also meant in the spiritual. His soul is dead. He is not, at least at this point, able to bounce back. And so I had the same thought as everyone else then after that. I was like, well, what if it's him going to rehab? Yes. It's going to rehab, but here's my issue. By law, if you start talking about all the people you done killed and who you were involved with, by law, you have to report that. This is not some type of client attorney privilege unless it's something, you know, that they all know if murder covers client attorney or client therapist privilege in that regard. So once he starts talking to the sober people and, 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 and the therapist that works with them, I think by law, you have to report that. So that's why I was like, maybe it's not that. But then you guys mentioned, again, remember Maryland, where um, Kanan was at. And I think that they did that scene. If you ever notice, power has a tendency of creating scenes that may be like, oh, that's really simple. He's up there with family. Oh, they took care of him. But they tend to go back to that scene again. And I think that that might be the case where he may end up going to Maryland because the family, yeah, this is really bad, this is really terrible, but we're not gonna report him. This is family. So he may have to end up sobering up and working out over there. Um, that's the only two other places, but I genuinely do not see him as someone who is who is dead. But I do see that he is someone who has to sober up and I'm sorry, we'll never see you ever again. And that's that's kind of the agreement that they have to come to. And I feel in a way that might be better than to just up and killing him. That adds even more, if you have, we they know, that the FBI is looking for them. They know the FBI is investigating them. Adding another murder is not gonna make the FBI happy. You know, that, and what happened to the people who were taking pictures of, of Raquel? We kind of never got back to that again. And that really kind of aggravates me. Um, yes, so moving back on, I wanted to flip back over to uh, what was going on with the girl group, Bada, as we like to call them. The song took me by surprise because I was expecting more of an R&B and we got pop. So I was like, oh, okay, I like it. This is 1992. I know that because they said it on the jackets. 
And, you know, girl group, 92, it sounded like something that came from the 90s. And it was really cute. And I really liked the song. However, and I like the dance moves, but I find this really interesting. I was, we all know that Jukebox is the lead. I don't know if she'll be the lead again, um, but we know she was the lead. Um, and what was really interesting about that was kind of the order. So we first had Jukebox and she's singing her heart and her soul. Then we had um, Aisha who came out and she had a whole verse and it was cute. Then we had Crystal. Who was Crystal? Crystal, if you really looked at the performance, she was the doo-wop pop-pop girl. She was the girl who was like, ooh, ah, yeah, something, something. You know the ones that fill in the blanks that help with the, with the, with the chorus, the melody, the blendation of the song? She didn't have a verse, which I was like, oh, snap. Even Destiny's Child had some verses. Well, all three of them got the same and shine. <laughs> She did wonderful. I'm not knocking the performance. I'm not knocking the, the, the performer. But in, in terms of the structure of the song, they gave her nothing. She was just like something, something. And if you look at sometimes, she didn't even really like, I was like looking at the, the lip singing part, just trying to figure out what she did. The oohs and the ahs was all to a soundtrack. So if they didn't even let her go like, oh, ah, nothing she didn't even get something something so i found that dynamic to be interesting and then when she kind of humbled herself and was like yeah jukebox you did that i think she might use this against them or i don't know if you find out that the person you've been harassing is like part of an entire family organization of of drug dealers and criminals that might you make her want to like step away in terms of I'm going to just completely leave you alone. I don't know what you have going on. God bless sister, but I'm going I'm to not bother you. Um, what I'm really interested in is the fact that what's going to happen with the relationship between Jukebox and Aisha. Aisha, as we have seen, kind of accepts Jukebox for who she is. And even when, remember, Aisha went to the parties, maybe deep down in her heart she knew that this was a druggie. But she, again, didn't really care. Was it Aisha? Did Aisha go to the parties or am I missing it up with Crystal? No, it was Aisha. No, you're right. Yeah, it's Aisha. Okay. Aisha. Yeah, Crystal was the one that was always outside who was trying to make everybody angry and upset because she was on with the, with the Canaans. Right. So Aisha doesn't seem to be someone who is judgmental. She accepts jukebox for who she is, what she is, how she is, whatever it is. And that's what I really like. And I hope that we're able to keep that up. Now, I know a lot of people, and it's very easy to assume, hey, they're done and over with. But here is my my tort, my my uh, what I have to say against that. If you go on the YouTubers, which is why I wish they never did this, that seriously aggravated me. A month ago, if you go on Lionsgate's music, which is the actual, you know, this is this is real. They have the check mark and everything. So this is not like Pookie and them who done found the song and downloaded it onto the YouTubes. If you look at the soundtrack for season three, what's interesting is these. Butter, which has all three members of the group, sings Rolling With You is one song. The next one is Now You're Gone. And the other one is something, something, 
that we already heard. There are two more songs. Now, I don't know if this was just done for the soundtrack, but in my little theories, in my little head, if we're going with that, we have two more songs and there's one that's hidden. So maybe um, three more songs of this group that we can maybe pull performances out of. And the fact that upcoming, I have an interview with the members of Butter. Um, I don't think they're going away right away. I think, yeah, that might be have been really embarrassing what happened, but we're gonna keep still keep this on the road. We're gonna still start singing. So I think they're okay for the moment. Um, we do know that Jukebox, you know, she was weighing going into the army. We had that, that was a very lovely conversation with her and Raquel that basically stated, you know, I'm sorry for putting all of my concern about Kanan onto you. That's not what should, but that's not the responsibility of a child. And she apologized to her and she wanted to talk about her. And they had the conversation about the army because the mail got sent to her house instead. And she never judged her about it. It was whatever makes you happy, I will a thousand percent support you. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's how you be a mother. And I really think that she is transferring her motherliness and continuing to transfer her motherness onto Jukebox because we, the, there's no point of no return right now for Kanan. Now we know in, in the adulthood, something happens because, you know, I went to go visit mom. I bring that up almost every, I bring that up more than you guys bring a breeze. Um, but I, at this moment, I do think that, you know, this is, she views her as a daughter. So that should be interesting. And also just to kind of slightly touch on Famous, I'm very happy what happened with Famous. I do hope and I pray that Lulu does not screw this up. And I don't think he's gonna screw this up because if you listened to the conversation that the white man was having with Famous, he couldn't even remember Lulu's name. He was so disinterested in Lulu that it's like, oh, Lulu couldn't make it. Okay, cool, I never wanted him anyway. I think the response were probably like, who's Lulu? Because remember, the man was like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember things. So I, I, I think he might be on to something. I think that this might be something positive. But again, we need someone who's going to probably take the downfall and for things to be negative, And that is going to probably be Lulu. It's unfortunate. It's really sad. But yeah, that's that's what I, my takeaways so far. I don't know we're getting to more in depth with that. Yeah, uh, great takeaways as always. Um, and um, yeah, like that, that's a that's a interesting observation about Crystal, you know, and her ad libs in the song and everything. Um, I, I think we know why why that's the case, though. You know, she she's been spending too much time at Kanan's apartment, so she didn't have nothing to say. <laughs> that's, that's true. But my issue also was they didn't even allow her to lip sing the ooh and I because you all know she was singing to a track. Right. Yeah. And every time when it was like, oh, I'm looking at Crystal like, your mouth ain't moving, girl. What's going on? She's just there like, mm, mm, mm. and yeah, <laughs> only time when they have to do the harmony parts does she do the lip singing. And I was like, y'all, y'all did her dirty. Maybe she gets another thing in the other songs, but I'm like, y'all did her dirty. She could at least had a part. It was like, you know, I'm thinking about you. Something, something. Nah. They'll they'll probably give her a breakup song when Kanan kicks her to the curve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she'll get her chance to shine, though. Um, you know, maybe she'll even take over the leadership now that uh, Jukebox, you know, has an issue yeah. or whatever. So who knows? Um, I do think, I do agree with you that I don't think Butter's going away, um, especially if they're, like, making so many, like, songs and, you know, promo material and stuff. So, um, yeah, but great observations as always, Dana. You know, uh, we, we, we do look forward to your takeaways so great stuff and uh yeah so let's get right into the takeaways and like we'll, we'll we'll dive right into that question first uh because it's heavily assumed you know well i mean jukebox herself says that you know you just ruined my life by you know bringing me in after you know my biggest performance and everything um so the question i have is is it you know is it really over though because like i mean it's not that big a deal is it because it's not like you know they came on stage and like you know announced to the whole mall that they're bringing her in for questioning you know it's like it was very backstage um you know they they came backstage and said you know we, we with the fbi we got some questions about your family we're bringing you in yada 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 and then you know it was done kind of privately behind the scenes so i i don't think this could impact the group that much um unless it's leaked to the press or something like um so and and, I'm, and even then you know it's not like bar is a big sensation already i mean they're kind of just building their way up you know they're kind of like building up their name still like performing at the mall and stuff so like after this performance of course they're gonna their, their popularity is gonna go up but you know it's not like they're like destiny's child right now so i mean why does it why would it matter you know if she's brought in for questioning at this stage so the question i have for you is do you think jukebox is going to salvage her position with butter and you know stay a part of the group and continue being its leader after what happened in this episode so that, that's the question I had first of all. So um, what do you think about that, Dana? I think there's a yes and no to this answer. I wonder this. It may not jeopardize her place or her part in the group, but it will jeopardize her army chances. Um, I don't know in terms of... of, of and background checks that the army does when you're enlisting but if they do see her name brought in for questioning or any way associated with what's going on with the thomas family that may be a red flag on her getting into the army and again i am speaking as someone who does not know i've never applied to the army how that works but i'm assuming if you work for a government position there is some form of a background and the army may be way more stricter than, here's the other part, the NYPD. From my understanding and the original power, there was no indication that she was army trained. She had any military experience. But we do know the police connection. So I feel that this may end up jeopardizing that, but in terms of the butter group, maybe no. That, you can argue, gives them more street appeal, right? If you look at what was going on in the, in the 90s, this wasn't like the 1950s, all girl group white, you know, singers. This was like the 1990s, 
Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know timelines. The 90s was a part of the Death Row Records, Snoop, T Tupac, all these other rappers, more than those, those other ones, from my understanding, had criminal backgrounds, records, uh, associations, ties with, even if they never did anything, there were ties and associations and things. That can give them like an edge. That, that cred, you know, blah. Cause you blah, watch out for us, bang, bang. I don't know. But I think that this might be perfectly fine with the environment, the timeline, the setting of everything going on with the group. They'll be fine. Army, maybe not so. NYPD, we have to figure out what's gonna go on with that. Well, I do feel that that once the group of butter concludes, that's when we get into the NYPD situation. Or again, my theory of I'm trying to save my family. Let's join the NYPD and work from the inside out to free everyone if we can. But in terms of your question, Butter is gonna be perfectly fine. In terms of leadership position, I haven't listened to the other songs. So even though I brought this up, I didn't have the opportunity to listen to the other songs, but it says all three of their names are there. Um, and everyone is given a part, maybe not Crystal, but they're given a part um, of what is going on. So I do maybe feel that her leadership just, be, it'll make her more of a leader. Oh, she's in the headlines. Oh, say if they do do it, the rest of the family. Isn't she connected to the Thomas family? Ooh. So that, again, I think is something that should be looked out for. If I could just pivot, because I had like a, a brain bubble fart in my head right now. This conversation with Kanan, remember we brought up Kanan and, you know, basically saying, you know, you're dead to me, ma. This is how I think we get Kanan Stark from Kanan Thomas. If you want to walk away completely from your family, you change your name. If you really want to be like, you stick it to your mom, you don't mean anything to me, we no longer connected, I'm going to change my name. Boop. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. Like, and, and you know, like I was saying earlier, like, I feel like that they, they were really trying to emphasize the family thing in this episode, like how their family connection um, affects them kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this disassociating with the family, like a uh, 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 easy way to do that is changing your name. So it does make sense. Um, and I, I believe Laverne uh, changes her name, too. So it could be something like that to where she feels like, you know, um, she she doesn't want this whole Thomas thing attached to her because she's in the group. So, you know, maybe she uh, changes. That's why she changes her name or something. So, yeah, good point. Good point. Um, so, Richard, what about you? What do you think about uh, Jukebox and Bar? Like, do you think her, her role in the group is hurt in any way based on what happened in this episode? Well, uh, I, I believe that perception is everything. So uh, I personally don't think, as far as the leadership thing is concerned, I mean, un until we see how she interacts with, uh, you know, Crystal and Aisha, and of course the leader, the one in charge behind, until we see how they interact in the next episode, it's hard to determine whether or not it's going to be an issue as far as the leadership. I don't think it is going to be an issue, but they definitely are going to question what's happening with her behind the scenes. 
But again, this is, as you mentioned, Gary, this entire episode is about family. I think this is all tied to whatever happens in the finale. Because if Marvin does end up having to go away, which I think may actually happen, well, you know, Marvin was always around them when they had the rehearsals and stuff. It's, it's not going to be a good look, and they may not feel comfortable with her being involved. But the thing is, is that we know this group is still going to be a part of next season because they already had cast those girls to return. So uh, I think uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But to answer your question, um, it definitely is. It definitely did cause a stir behind the scenes because, like Dana said earlier, they could have told her this in private. You tell her this right in front of the group and the manager all in one. So obviously, they're going to question in the next episode what's really going on with her. I feel like she'll always have the support of uh, Aisha because they've grown close. But I kind of feel like they're definitely going to question whether or not it's a good business decision to still work with somebody if they may be doing some. Either they're doing something illegal or they have other people in their family that are also doing something uh, illegal. So we have to wait and see. Um, but I think we'll get our answer for sure next week. A hundred percent. That's my, my guess anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but did you have something else on that Dana? To say? I was really upset with this part. Yes. If they, I was upset with the fact that they went to, um jukebox but it was so interesting that you isolated jukebox when technically her entire family was in the audience so you're doing this big criminal investigation case right well you're investigating the thomas family raquel's in the audience marvin is in the audience kanan's in the audience but you decide to go in the back and get jukebox that's insane to me. But what's even more insane-er is the fact that her family was right there. No one went to rush in the back to go greet her. I mean, we all know that later on, you know, yeah, we love you. No one rushed in the back to go greet her. So how, what, when did the FBI get there in order to super, you know what I mean? Interfere and get her first while the family was out there in the audience already. That kind of made no, like, I'm confused about how that all went down. Because that would be my first assumption is like, I love you. I'm running up to the, go see my daughter. But she was already whisked away by the cops. Yeah, the, uh, the timeline on that is, is uh, yeah, that, it's a bit confusing because we don't know if maybe, maybe I guess they already like the family already spoke to her after and then they left or something. I mean, we know that Kanan and Raquel had their conversation after. Um, but uh, yeah, Rich, go ahead. You can say something. Yeah, I, I think this is all tied to the fact that they were closing in on this investigation of making the connection between her and Howard and Marvin. Because, you know, the scenes they show prior to this was the police captain talking and getting the information wait a minute we we never really we forgot about that laverne girl so i think this is them trying to build momentum because they already was telling us that story in the episode so they just made it a point where okay now this is a this this is our time to question her so this is it they isolated it for that moment uh, i do agree that it would have been great to see the family go backstage and congratulate her afterwards uh 
maybe that did happen off camera. Who knows? Uh, but it, yeah, I understand why you would question that because uh, they, we should have saw that for sure. Was Marvin carrying the bouquet when he was with Raquel and Kanan? Uh, that's a good Isn't question. That would answer. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't yeah, yeah, that's a good question. You probably have to check that again. I don't think he was, so maybe that already did happen. Um, uh, okay. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not sure because again, they they cut that. They cut that scene for whatever reason. Uh, to be quite honest, they could have kept that scene in there because the episode already was like at 53 minutes long, so they could have kept that in there even if it was a minute or so. But it is what it is. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. What what Richard said. Uh, that's yeah. That that's definitely the motivation behind grabbing Duke because the they were talking about the Howard thing. You know, the cap Captain Burke and uh, is it Captain Batiste? His name I can't remember. Um, but you're talking uh, about yeah. the you're talking about the FBI guy. Uh, no, uh, the 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 black captain, uh, Howard's captain. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's correct, Batiste. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like they were. Because they had that whole thing where, you know, they were kind of unraveling the connections between Laverne and um, Howard and uh, and Marvin and, and and Shannon Burke and stuff like so they were unraveling all of that. So that's why they specifically went there to grab Jukebox. But um, but yeah, as far as like the timeline and if the family was there, that's a that's a great question. Um, because, yeah, and you know, if they, go ahead, Rich. Okay. And by the oh, I'm sorry. By the way, Gary, that's not such a coincidence. Just like your name says, right? So we had to point <laughs> that out. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. But go go ahead, Dana. <laughs> oh yeah, those. No oh, I was gonna say. Yeah. The scene goes from them singing to Lulu being taken in by the cops to Marvin and Raquel and Kanan having a conversation there aren't any bouquet but there's no flowers there so then everything just happened off screen yeah so that's how that went down it was really yeah. weird how it was just edited that is weird yeah it's really weird and and speaking of off screen because um this is this kind of segues into another question i had you know, it's like a perfect segue. Um, so in in that conversation that Kanan had with Raquel, um, you know, we, we get to see that, um, you know, basically Raquel says, like, you're, you're hanging with Ronnie and Ronnie, you know, he, you can't trust him. He killed his own brother. He killed Unique. Um, and then, you know, Kanan was like, I heard you killed, you know, I heard you killed Unique. Um, now... I don't know if my memory is just bad, but I don't remember this ever being talked about. Um, no. So, <laughs> yes. No. There you go. So, Rich, Rich uh, I know we talked about this. So, Rich, uh, you know, he agrees. Like, we didn't see this talked about, um, the fact that Ronnie told told Kanan that Raquel killed Unique or she had something to do with it. Um, so, that clearly is something that happened off screen. And that raises a question because the fact that they they uh -uh. put that in there, uh, what's up, uh -uh. Dana? Go ahead. I think it was like you know how you want to get under somebody's skin. Mm -hmm. So I think that he just said that to say that, to say, oh, oh you want to you? Because remember, he lied. Remember, Raquel set him up for the gun situation. 
and lied. Well, you know, how did the gun get there? How did the gun get there? So that whole, you know, oh, he killed Unique. No, you did it. You know, because you always lying. I'm going to say it's you. You did it. Just like you didn't know anything about the gun and how it got there. Yeah, maybe you killed him too. And I think that was a one-up of like, oh, I can go to this person. Oh, I can go to this person too. Because not nah, because you killed Unique. So that's how I viewed it. So, so you think it was like just a little kind of like bratty thing he was doing where he was like, oh, you killed him. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what would you think, Rich? I I think that that theory can work, but the the, the thing I, I would like to ask is, as a viewer, why would they cut that scene if that did happen? They didn't really show us too much of the interaction between Kanan and Ronnie beyond what we've seen on the show. I've never seen them have a deep conversation about any of this other type of stuff about what happened to Unique. So I think that is by design, and uh, perhaps there will be an answer as to why that is at a later point. That that's what my thought is, but uh, I yeah, I thought that was a very interesting line. Uh, I don't think it's in there by coincidence, so I want to see where they're going with that. <laughs> yeah, because to me, you know, what I was gonna say is like, so if he finds out the truth that Ronnie actually, you know, did some to Unique, um, you know, is is he then? going to maybe flip on Ronnie or is he going to be upset that you know he was told a lie like that he was told his mother did it or something like um so you know that was going to be my question um because the the fact that they specifically like they they sometimes they don't they, they don't do these things like you know they don't they don't put these things in there for no reason like it's like they're going somewhere with that you know the fact that he said that so um I just wanted to you know see what you guys thought of that but uh, dana did you have something else you wanted to add to that that is that is it was just a kid you know being in his feelings and saying ah you killed him also on top of that everyone kind of well ever you know everyone knew that unique was with raquel it was kind of sloppily done their whole relationship it wasn't in the secret and so therefore rumors can easily be spread on the street that i think she killed him that's it. It was a lovers' quarrel, and I was that's it. A, you know, a crime of passion. Uh, that's a good point because Panessa also thought that Raquel killed Unique, so I, I can understand that. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I think, but this is let me let me just say this right now because because Gary, you already brought up Canaan. I don't know if you're going to ask this as a question, so I'm going to ask it now since we're already talking about Canaan. I kind of feel like by the end of this episode, it's very clear that Kanan, they are expecting Kanan to deal with his mom. And I would like to know exactly what he's going to do because he's in a, t- a tough situation. Ronnie, you know, he, he he got no more drug supply. Of course, he used Pops and Smack's retirement money as an investment. Now everybody want to get paid. So I kind of feel like now this leads to the conflict, which is the season finale, because Kanan. They're expecting him to step in and stop his mom from what she's doing. But this is a problem. So I would like to know what you got, what you both think is going to happen, as well as the people that comment on this show, because this is a point where things can really take a turn. Uh, so I'm curious what you guys' opinion are is, is on this. I, uh, I love your question, Richard, because <laughs> I could completely see the next episode kind of being about like, 
like them talking, you know, Pops, uh, Snaps, Ronnie maybe talking to Kanan and telling him, look, like, the only way we can get back on our feet is if you get rid of your mom. Like, you're, we have to get rid of Raquel. And you're the one that's closest to her, you know, so we're going to task you with this, you know, find a way to deal with her. And maybe, like, you know, Ronnie is, like, the only way to deal with it is to take her out, to kill her, you know. So maybe, like, the next episode will be him conflicted, you know, because he's been given this assignment of maybe getting rid of his mother or, you know, putting her out the picture or whatever. And um, he has to decide if he's going to, you know, kill her or if he's going to deal with it another way, you know. Um, so I, I could totally be, I could totally see, uh, sorry, um, the, the the next episode being something like that. So I, I think that's a great question, uh, Rich. Um, but what would you think, Dana? Do you... <laughs> I see, I can see both ways happening. I can see, you know, I really can't stand you that much. I hate you, bang, bang, you're dead. Because if he kills his mother, he has no problems with killing his son. And we know that that happens. And we know it was low, you was weak. So I'm gonna kill you, Sean. So, you know, you're dead. Um, which by the, oh my God. Famous, his real name is Sean. Yep. <gasps> hmm. Anyway, interesting. I wonder if he has some type of, you know, if he named him Sean, again, it's a very popular name, but if you really can't stand anybody, I don't think I would name the person Sean, right? So I'm wondering if this is where we see some kind of reconciliation. If, say, Raquel does die, I don't think it's going to be by his hand at all. I think, again, Rodney snaps or pops. Those are the three people that seem to be the most one who's like, yay, let's kill her. Um, which then could cause Kanan to take everything that he knows, but to leave. And maybe that's how we rekindle the friendship between him and Famous. And then later on, that's why his son is named Sean. Maybe. Just theorizing. But if we do have this situation or go in the other end of this is when Kanan steps up and protects his mother. Because it could be only that situation where like only I can hate you and bully you. Anybody else who decides to cross that line, that's when we come after them. That's kind of the definition of family. I can say you dog poop, but if Shirley down the street says it, oh, we all going to fight. That could easily be the situation where it is a temporary reconciliation. And we've seen that with this family, you know, be on the outs, but have to come in because something is going to impact the family as a whole. So I think that is something that that could happen. But my thing is, I don't know which one outweighs the other one. We're going to only be into season four, which you could say, you know, that is not enough time for Raquel if we do get rid of her. She needs to be in there more. Um, but at the again, at such a young age for Raquel to die, that would have, I feel like maybe a more a more deeper impact on on Kanan. I'm just trying to get to how because Kanan adult ends up being a complete psychopath. You could say that he, you know, it, it's because of Rami. 
and the things that he learns from him, where he's able to kind of get away with those feelings. But, and again, if we're really going about the narrative, 50 cents narrating this, this show and Kanan as adult Kanan narrating baby Kanan. Oh, it's like the wonder years. Okay. Point I'm simple. I'm, I'm making a point. The point I'm saying is this is him explaining all of these different laws to how he became 50 cent the person. Therefore, in a way, you can argue the narrator is justifying the actions of Canaan, the child. So when we get to adult Canaan, this is why I became the way that I am. This is why I'm justifying this. So I can I can see Raquel going, but definitely not this season. I don't I, don't, I can't feel it. But it's yeah, planning the season for her to go. Yeah. I don't think she's uh I don't think she's gonna die. Like like even if that scenario happens where um Kanan is tossed with killing her, I definitely don't think he's gonna go through with it. I I think it's more likely he's gonna turn on Ronnie. Um yes. in that yep. scenario. So and, and and I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I agree with what Dana said that uh when she made the comment about you know he wouldn't let Ronnie hurt his mom. If, if anybody has to deal with his mom, hurt her or whatever, it's going to be Kanan. But he would not let, I don't think he would let Ronnie do that. But what we do know is that Ronnie is a loose cannon. So what I suspect is going to happen in the next episode is that Ronnie's going to get tired of waiting. And he may try to go after Raquel. And then that leaves Kanan with a decision as to whether or not he's going to stop him. Now, I don't think, the, you know, I still believe that Ronnie I'm going to say that Kanan is going to take out Ronnie and probably with the assistance of Pops and Smacks, because you saw that the way Ronnie approached him in this episode, when he saw that they stopped the drug supply, like he was like, he going to do something and you got all these people in there, guns and everything. He wasn't going to do nothing. So I kind of feel like if push comes to shove, they would get rid of Ronnie. He's the first domino to fall because Pops and Smacks, that's the storyline for next season. I feel. But I kind of feel like Ronnie, if if Kanan does take out Ronnie, it's probably not going to happen until into next season. It may not happen in the finale, but I do think Ronnie is going to try to go after Raquel in the next episode. Um, and then they're going to Kanan's going to have to make a choice at some point in time. This is just my guess, though. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But what I'm saying is clearly they the finale is going to be a lot happening. So uh, we have to wait and see where they're going with that storyline. Go, go ahead, Dana. One of the things that was interesting that Rob um, Snaps and Pop said was, you know, now Rodney's basically saying Rodney has two problems, me and you, referring to himself and his wife. So I feel that Rodney has to watch his back because Snaps and Pops is more after him than, say, Raquel. Because if you kill Raquel, cool, who's still the distributor? And it was really interesting that we saw all this heroin, but that was kind of run by Marvin. And I don't see Marvin, even if you intimidate him, going up against, you know, um, I don't see Rodney confronting Marvin and Marvin be like, oh, okay. Just even if he does kill Raquel, this hyper, or even threatens to kill Raquel, I don't see Raquel giving up her distribution and her people to work with Ronnie. So if you really look at the person who has 
one the most to lose, but not just the most to lose, the least to gain. Ronnie is in more of a pickle than anybody else because at the end of the day, Kanan is Raquel's son. She's more willing to help her son than she's willing to help Ronnie. So he has no distributor. Kanan, if you want to argue, has a distributor. But in order for that to happen, he's not going to work with Ronnie. So if you're not going to work with Ronnie, you know what I mean? He has the most to lose out of this entire thing. And he has no one that is on his side. Because now, Kanan, oh, I want you to go after your mom. Mm, that's a bit more questionable than opposed to Pookie down the street. So he has, he has no allies. He has no one. And remember, the streets are afraid of Remember they said, he's the bully the bully runs away from. So remember to be feared or respected. No one respects Rodney, kind of really. They fear him. But they know that if you get rid of Rodney, you get rid of that fear. He's in lose-lose. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good breakdown of things right there. Good uh, analysis on it. Um, so thank you. And and that leads me, uh, that opens up like another question, um, you know, because you said, uh, uh, you said something about like, you know, would Raquel, uh, I can't remember it now, actually, you said something like, would Raquel give up? Canaan for Ronnie or something. You said something of that nature, but yeah. Um, I want to. So yeah, I want to flip that question and ask. You know, would Raquel give up Marvin to save Canaan? So that that that's that's the question I want to ask next. It, would she give up Marvin because obviously she had that conversation with Howard, you know, in this uh, episode. Um, and it seems like Marvin is the easy, you know, scapegoat. Um, so if they want to get rid of this case and get rid of all the investigation, give up Marvin, it goes away. Um, so, you know, do you think this is something she would change her mind about? Because clearly she said, I'm not giving up my family. But if push comes to shove and, you know, they start looking into Howard and his shooting and everything, now she's the one that told told Kanan to, to shoot Howard and, and try to kill him. Um, so that implicates them if that is is discovered. Um, and then, you know, there's it, this is a whole crime family. So Kanan could be Im, uh, implicated for a whole number of things. So, you know, do you think that Raquel would agree to give up Marvin or would try to talk to Marvin and, and get him to take, you know, to, to take, uh, to, to be the full guy, essentially, basically. Like, is this something that she is going to do? Um, now, me personally, I feel like Raquel has been very calculating this, this season. Like, I feel like she's been one step ahead of everyone. So I think she already has a plan. I think she already has a plan of what she's going to do. But do you think that this is within her plan to give up Marvin? So that is the question. Do you think that is going to happen in the next episode? So uh, I think Rich might have stepped away. So what do you think, Dana? Who is the person that doesn't know that they're a dead man walking? Anyone? Anyone? 
Howard. Howard. <laughs> Howard. Howard. Howard is so dumb that it's brilliant. I love it. He's so dumb that he doesn't know that he's dumb. He's so dead that he doesn't know that he's dead. And you don't have to kill someone for them to be dead. Oh, oh, he's going to jail. She's going to pin everything on, on Howard. Why not? Here we have, I have no associations with any criminals. You think I would hang out with drug dealers? Right? Remember that whole speech? Oh, I don't know what you talking about. Right? Who has known Howard since they were like, what, 14, 16? Who? Raquel. Who has a baby by the man that claims, I don't do it, I don't associate with these people? Howard. How can we prove that? DNA that Burke was able to get, and remember, there were records on the computer. That's how Howard was like, oh my God, what's going on, right? The fact that Howard is so dumb and doing the whole plea thing, I think if he would have came clean about who he knew, how long he'd known them, that might've saved them and have given him more of an advantage than everyone else. So I feel that this is gonna be really interesting because now we're looking at everything being pinned on Howard. You've known this family for how long? Oh, not only that, you have a son by him. Oh, all of these things that Burke, you know, Burke figured this out. Oh, why would you all, you know, now all of a sudden she committed suicide. So I genuinely feel that this is what's gonna happen, that Burke is going to be the fall guy and he doesn't even know it. Just say, for example, the FBI really is FBIing and they just never showed us. FBI likes to lurk in the corners and they like to take their pictures. What happens if they already have tons of pictures of how we're going to Raquel all the time? I don't, I don't associate with these people. Here is literal photographic evidence of all the times you hung out with Raquel. They can even go as far back and pen it on Scrappy. Oh, he murdered Scraps. Raquel knows everyone's secrets. She knows Howard's secrets way more than Howard knows her secrets. So that's who the fall guy is. It's Howard. And in all honesty, when we're looking at the writing, where does Howard go from here? Oh, you can say, you know, the queen's in narcotics. Cool, but to do what? To still be uh, Raquel's lap, you know, lap dog, essentially? For, for him to get information from each other? Yeah, but is that as interesting? I feel that Howard's progression in his story may be coming to an end. And the best way is to make him the fall guy for everything. Because he lied not only to his captain, he lied to the FBI. And that whole, oh, yeah, we're going to give you a piece of information. He thinks he's getting something inside. They know exactly what they're doing. They know who to leak out information to. They know that, oh, we're going to give you this little piece. That's all orchestrated to see then how he reacts. So I think. Maybe that's the reason why we haven't seen all of the, the you know, the, the photographs of Raquel, because they're being taken of Howard. So that's just my theory. Yay. 
Yeah, I'm glad you said that, uh, Dana, uh, because that character, Howard, he is carrying a lot of dirt, you know, uh, and it's getting like very messy, you know, how he's connected to everything. So it would make sense to wipe this slate clean and, you know, get rid of the character because um, killing off Howard takes away a lot of stuff, you know, off the, oh, off the board. You don't, you don't have to kill him. Remember, AI, I mean, IA, internal, internal affairs. So yeah. if you just frame him and say everything is going towards him, because I really think that that, would, that whole drive with that whole, you know, Raquel didn't say anything in that car. That's why we don't know, oh, my God, is he going to be murdered or not? She said nothing. She gave no assurances. But what she did do for me was she drove with purpose. She drove with I know everything that I need to do right now. And I feel that that is what she and Marvin are cooking up to do something with Howard. They even have, remember Lulu is, right? Who picked up Lulu? It was Howard's people. The cops that associate with Howard, oh, there's going to be some kind of an investigation. They can talk. Why all of a sudden do you need this Thomas guy when you said you don't really associate with the Thomas family? Who was there when Marvin was, was handcuffed and genuinely thought he was going to be die? He was going to be murdered. It was, it was Howard. Who? Remember, remember when he put two and two together? Lulu was putting two and two together to know that all oh, the information came from Howard? He knows that. What happens if they let Howard speak? Not Howard, Lulu speak, but very carefully, where he gives a testimony, we're like, it was all him. And on top of that, we have the guy, the bar guy, who is very upset because remember, he wasn't getting paid anything. I think that he could easily testify, yeah, these are the cops. And, you know, these cops, maybe in some way it ties into what's going on with Howard. So he's the fall guy. He's going to jail, jail, like the big jail, the FBI jail. So that's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what would go away with Howard. Would, would the Crown Cabocho thing go away as well? Um, he was so adamant. I. Crown Camacho hasn't been thought of in such a long time. Do they care anymore? Well, they're they're on Marvin at the moment because because they 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 obviously they don't they don't believe it was Crown Camacho. So now they're trying to chase Marvin. So I'm wondering, does that go away if they give up Marvin? I don't know. I got to think about that more. But um, but I do. You can like, you can say you, you can you that can, they was, you can definitely yeah. tie the scrappy thing that you could tie the scrappy thing to Howard because that was his mess up. So and and the mom, uh, you can put the yeah, mom in there too. Yeah, Scrappy's mom. Because remember, uh, the the mother came in to uh, you know just to talk about the update that Lulu gave her, and Howard was the one that you know intercepted. So like his partner at the precinct, he could say he could you know he could vouch. Yeah, Howard, you know he took over my my interview with Scrappy's mother. So he was covering up, you know, so they could definitely tie some things to Howard and say that he's like the mastermind and stuff. But I'm just trying to think how they do that without also implicating themselves. Um, they, they would have to have someone else do it, maybe. 
Well, with the whole Crown Camacho situation, you could just, I don't know, just wonder the bodies. That he, he, because if he, if they established that he knew the Thomases, what, it won't be hard to establish that maybe he was the one who took him, took him out. Crown. I don't know. I mean, then the whole thing, but then it also goes with how do we connect to the mob? Because remember, yeah. the whole big connection is the mob situation. Maybe this is when the guy who was in the wheelchair comes and testifies and says, you know, to save Marvin. Maybe that's why they had them both do the job together. That's the only yeah. way that I can think about it. Yeah, I think they need another stand-in for sure. Like they need, to, like they could give up Howard, but somebody else, like, because Howard has to be connected to somebody else, like for it to to work. Like, so, so who was he, you know, aligned with? Basically, like there has to be like another person uh, that they give up with him. So you know, whether it's Marvin or or whatever, but. It's a good question. I, I, I do, I, I do, it, I do think that um, that that's a possibility that ha they're gonna. I, I do think Raquel has a plan, and and uh, Howard is definitely a pawn in whatever whatever her plan is. Like she's gonna use him and flip it against him somehow. So it's uh, a good point. Somehow, but I do think Marvin might be in the clear with this. I hope so. I just don't know with the mob situation how that unless Stefano, he's been gone for a while. Oh yeah. Is there has. somehow they bring him back to do some kind of testifying or something? <laughs> testifying. Stefano, oh. I don't know. Because if you if you look at it, this might go to I, it, it could go to trial either way. Yeah, it's a good point because they were uh, the the FBI was investigating the mob too, like the connections with the mob, and obviously we know Marvin. Marvin is the one that uh, he killed Tony, um, and he killed Sal. Uh, well, he didn't kill Tony himself, but he was involved in the death of Tony and um, Sal's son, and then also uh -huh. um, he killed Sal. So, yeah, I do think. Stefano, I, I think we're going to see him in the finale for, for for something, so that could come back into it as well, for sure. Like maybe there's some sort of mob connection there. Um, I I still think we could see Stefano's furnace used for something, because um, they teased that, you know, they were teasing that heavy. Um, and also, you mentioned. Um, I'm glad you mentioned taking pictures as well, like because the feds would take like they were following Raquel during the early parts of the season, taking pictures, and then we just didn't see them anymore. So I'm wondering if if that's because they're still there in the background, but they're just not showing us, and they're gonna pull something out in in the next episode. Like maybe they have pictures of Raquel and Howard or something. I don't know. Um, or yeah, no, that's the only thing. Yeah. Or maybe they've just been on Marvin. I don't know. But that was something that went away. So I wonder if they're going to uh, refer to that in the next episode, like if that's going to come back somehow. So, yeah, uh, the, this this whole investigation could go many ways. Um, I'm interested to see what the people think. 
uh, Richard actually got called into a meeting um, at his workplace. So uh, he'll hope maybe he'll return in a moment. But uh, I do have uh, one or two more questions. Uh -huh. so, so, yeah, I mean, we all kind of talked about it already in our takeaways. But, you know, I, I figured oh. it, has, oh, it yeah. has to be it has to be a bit. Oh, welcome back, Richard. He's back. Man, so that's, that's a very unexpected uh, phone call. But, yes, continue. <laughs> Nah, what did I miss? Is. I know how it is when when you're <laughs> when you're on call at work. Like, yeah, those yeah. calls come through at the worst times. Like, they already don't. So, Vince um, McMahon called him to testify on his behalf. No, 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 oh, no, mm -mm, no, mm -mm. absolutely not. No, don't be dealing with old uh, men that be doing horrible things. We we ain't in that business. Um, but no. What did I miss? What, what was the question you asked, Gary? Is there something that uh, I need to? Okay. Uh, yeah, let's go back to that one. So the question was, um, do you think Raquel would give up Marvin? And we kind of ended up discussing the case as a whole. Um, Dana okay. thinks that Howard might be the fall guy. So we were talking about that. Um, and yeah, like, so was, yeah, basically, what do you think is going to happen with that, with, with the whole case? All right. Well, that's a very good question. Um, and my answer is going to probably shock some people. I think Marvin is going down because Marvin is the only clear headed individual that can, he can, he can go ahead and be the fall guy and he's not going to give up anybody. If they gave up Lou, Lou talks to everybody. So that is a liability. He'll, he'll make sure everybody go down with him. So I kind of feel like if Marvin has to do it, he'll do it. But I also think that's going to happen because here's the thing. Lou, what we have seen with the way that Lou, Raquel, and Marvin, how they operate as a family from the beginning of this show, you've seen that Marvin has always been reliable, whereas Lou has started, you know, he's, he's always done whatever Raquel wants him to do, but he's also taken a lot of abuse from Raquel. We have never seen Marvin take any abuse from Raquel, and I kind of feel like, where you know how Lou is always complaining about Raquel to Marvin. Marvin hasn't really had that experience yet on the show. Maybe prior, because they did mention that in the past, Marvin, you know, he did mess around with drugs too. He had issues with the family, but we haven't seen that as viewers, him having an issue with Raquel. So I kind of feel like if he does have to be the one, because as you both mentioned this entire episode, he pretty much is overseeing all of her operation. Okay, so. If he decide, if they decide that he has to be the fall guy, that kind of may sour the way he views his sister to an extent. And I kind of think that that definitely could happen. Now, is it likely to happen? I don't know, because the thing is, everybody knows that Marvin is the favorite character on the show. This is why you don't want to see nothing bad happen to the character. But at some point, somebody has to be the fall guy. If Howard goes down, do you really think he's not going to say something about trying to take down Raquel with him? I mean, I, that, that that's the question. Now, obviously, he cares about Kanan. He wouldn't want a, anything bad to happen to Kanan, but I think it's, it's a lot of questions they have to answer. But the way they have set up this finale, it feels like between Marvin and Howard, this is what the discussion is going to be going into next week because everybody is concerned for both of those characters. One of them is going to go down, I think, next week. I just don't know how it's all going to play out. But um, we'll have to wait and see. I know 
I, I don't think that uh, she knows how important Marvin is to Jukebox. Raquel does. That's why I kind of understand why she would not want to give him up. But if she had to give him up, she knows he's not going to talk still anything about the family. So um, I don't know. We have to wait and see, I guess. <laughs> go, go, go. Go, go, right. go ahead, Dana. I don't think everyone is so willing to sacrifice their freedom, their total freedom, complete life, probably in jail freedom for Raquel. Yeah. Off completely forgot the fact that Marvin used to be a drug addict, which, by the way, can we just say his will and his yumminess in terms of, you know how they say at once an addict, always an addict, how he was able to be in that warehouse and no one had any protection when it was handling with that heroin and it was weighing it and they was cutting it and he was overseeing everything and the dust just flying in the air and he did not act a fool. And I just, in general, I wonder how nobody got high or died or overdosed because we all know what travels in the air. So I was very fascinated that no one had any gloves or any masks, but do you boo. Um, I don't see Marvin just be like, you know, I'll take the fall. I got it guys. See you in the afterlife or, you know, the next 40 years. I can't see that at all. Who would be willing to sacrifice their entire life for that? You know, in terms of like, maybe it was like, there's a shootout and like, I jump in front of you, you know, that reactionary response. Okay, then, but to sit and to contemplate and say, yeah, I'm willing to do this for you. I'm not for it. I don't see it. That's why I say it can't be the family. I think you make a very good point because they did like you like you said they did mention life. Um yeah, okay, then I guess it does have to be Howard. And I know Gary no, it's is not a huge, like a year. I, I I know Gary is a huge Omar Epps fan. He Mark Howard is one of his most favorite characters on the show. So uh I guess it's time for you know his story to end. <laughs> no, that's cap. That's cap. Marlin's my favorite character. <laughs> Um, see, see, the thing is, like, I do think it's totally possible how it goes down, um, you know, next week. I just, I just, I'm having a hard time thinking about how he goes down without somebody else going down too, because yeah, it's, it's the connection, you know, it's the connection oh. that he has with the Thomas family. Okay. Okay. Can, can I just make a comment? I, I agree. It is the connection. But I, I have to say this because I feel I, I wanted to say something about this earlier. I didn't because, you know, I didn't really think we were going to really get deep into the Howard stuff. I just want to say this. I do not like how they handled the whole thing about Scrappy's mom getting killed. The police didn't bother investigating that murder or that we didn't hear nothing about what happened with that. So we're going to just brush over that. I didn't like how they didn't address that. And I saw that they had the scene where Howard is talking to Raquel saying, I don't want to hear anything about anything else about Scrappy's mom. So I, I don't, as a viewer, I kind of feel like somebody should pay for that. But uh, obviously, I guess they said, well, we're going to ignore that. Now, I will say this. Next week, as they are continuing to dive deeper into Howard and uncover his secrets, if they address that at that particular time, okay, then that's fine. I'm good, I'm good with that. But I definitely think something should have happened with that. Uh, but the fact that it wasn't acknowledged, I, I kind of have an issue with that. But again, it is what it is. <laughs> I just wanted to say that because 
that that was one critique I did have about the episode. I don't like how they, they didn't address it last week or this week. So uh, very interesting. But go 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 ahead, Dana. <clears throat> you know how like any big police investigation or big police arrest, they want to get the big main guy as opposed to the little ones. Mm-hmm. I was thinking because of the history Raquel has with Howard. Kanan could be that leverage in terms of, officer, I was young and Howard had all his control and power over me. And look what happened, you know, you hit the Kanan situation. Officer, this whole operation was his. And yep. he would threaten, you know, he threatened my life and he threatened that I would never see my son again. That's why we couldn't tell anybody. It was all Howard. I was just 16, 15. And he impregnated me. That whole situation, she can blame one Howard. That way, all the murders that was committed, that was that was Howard ordered all of that. I didn't do anything. That's how we get Crown Camacho. That's how we get everyone else. You can even yep. argue Raquel. Um, 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 Unique was getting too close. He, we we didn't want to he didn't want to associate with that. He killed him because we they just never mentioned Unique. Did they ever find the body? Remember they didn't find the body during the last conversation. Uh, but they, we all know he's dead. Yeah. So yeah, they haven't, they haven't found the body. Therefore, there's no prints. There's no nothing yet. All they know is officer he just came in and he beat him in the head. And you know, he, he got really jealous of anybody that I took any interest in. So he killed him, officer. So he would come macho. Remember the black guy who was who was with the with uh, Al Bishore's son. Remember? Yeah. It was him that died also. Anybody that I took interest in, officer, he just killed them all. There we go. Done. So, so in other no words, uh, so, so in other words, uh, we will be uh, saying a goodbye to uh, Omar Epps next week. Mm -hmm. His time has, has come to an end on on this show. I, I mm -hmm. wanted to, like I said, like I said before, I will say this. Okay, listen, if they take out Howard, that's fine, but I need to see Howard go out in the blaze of glory, a shootout with the FBI <laughs> or something, because. <laughs> That is just it. Listen, it has to be. It has to be that way because I, I find it hard to believe where they lock this guy up. He isn't going to want to say something about Raquel or any of the others to try to take him down with him. So this character need to get taken out if that's the case. Um, what can he say that refutes that? There's literally nothing he can say to refute that. Oh, he'll he'll just tell them, yes, you're right. I was working with Marvin, and he also needs to come in this jail cell with me as also. <laughs> they want the big guy. They want the big guy. They don't care about Pookies in them. So yes, you may have a family that's involved with crime, but officer, mm -hmm. he took advantage and he threatened and he's the police. And he said, <laughs> if we didn't do this, officer. Okay, so I'll, I'll say this. I agree. If we don't get a, a shootout with the FBI, I will settle for a Denzel Washington training day uh, scene with Omar Epps. You know, talking about this trifling family of y'all's, this this trifling family I have. Yeah, I I, I will settle for, for some monologue on that as well. But uh, this guy is going down. Then we're just going to assume he's going down next week, and let's see what happens. <laughs>
I'm He's going cases down. That's kill the cop. That's what? I'm putting cases. You're putting <laughs> cases on what? On all you Thomases. <laughs> putting cases on all you Thomases. Pelican Bay. Yes, we need to see that next week. <laughs> look, he doesn't have anyone on his side. And if you look at it, what we do know for a fact, 1,000%, he killed Burke. You killed a cop. That, yeah, right, yeah. that right there is unforgivable because you know how cops that, are like about their cops. So that's unforgivable. See, and his dad is the lieutenant. Exactly. But you see, they that's the other thing. They can't prove that he killed her. So I want to see there has to be something that happens next week. So I want to see how this all comes together. They can prove that he was dirty, but they can't say, oh, yeah, you definitely killed killed uh, Burke. So I want to see how they play this. I'm looking forward to it, though. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I just have, you know, one more question and then we'll have final thoughts. Um, but, you know, I, I we kind of already talked about this in our takeaways. Um, so I think, you know, we, we know the answer. But just just to, to, to confirm this, you know, as we close off, you know, we're all in agreement that they're not going to kill Lou, right? So, Rich. Are they going to kill Luke? <laughs> uh, no. He will okay. survive because Malcolm Mays is an excellent actor. Uh, I will, however, say uh, his portrayal of Kevin on Snowfall, that character had to get taken out. So this character, may, maybe there is some redemption. Although I will say I it's hard for me to see that because they made him look worthless in the previous episode, how he was out there exposing the entire family, all their secrets. So he is definitely a liability, but if they go away and he's on rehab and they take him off the show for a period of time, I think that uh, that'll be totally fine. Uh, because the thing is this, you can't kill, kill Lou next week and then have Marvin also get arrested. I don't think they're going to do that. They can't listen. That'll be too much for the fans to process. They can't have both the brothers suffer. So something may probably happen to one of the characters next week, but I'm just saying, I don't, uh, I think that'd be a little bit too much for somebody to process as fans of the show, especially after they saw what happened to unique people still angry about that. So I think uh, Lulu goes away for a while and maybe he comes back next season sobered up, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And Dana, what do you think? Um, will they kill Lou? No. Lulu's good because I'm praying that Lulu is good because Malcolm Mays is just such a dynamic actor. But at the same time, I just, I can't see it. Remember she said, I will not kill my family. So I think that it would rather she would die as opposed to kill anyone else in the family. So I don't think that she is going to, that she is going to kill him or anybody else is going to kill him. I think what they're going to do is isolate him. Either, as we said before, whether it's with family or if it's with um, a, a rehab facility. Because remember, Marvin kept saying he needs to go to rehab. He needs to go to rehab. Marvin could get that way, could get that wish. And who is to argue that, and I know I'm just throwing this out there and it probably makes no sense, that Marvin is the one that is that rehab for him, just in case. What happens if he has to go away as well? Remember, we have a break. And remember, we had Kanan was up in Mom, Maryland for the whole entire break. And we didn't see him, but things happened off screen that we didn't see. So what is to say that 
he is not the one that makes sure that he's in his custody, that he's always looking out for him. Because I do genuinely feel in a weird way that may be his purpose in life. And that gives him a break to step away from everything as well. So he can be that counselor for him. And also, if there is an investigation, he's in hiding. But I think this is why it works so well that Howard is the fall guy. So everyone is able to do their own business. Can I just make one quick comment? Let me just say this. Uh, so if Lulu does go away, he goes into rehab. As a recovering alcoholic, there's no way in hell he should return to that bar when he comes back to New York. I'm just saying that right now. That would, that would be a death wish. So if he <laughs> is going to go away and come back, he better not go back to that bar. I better not see him back at that bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a no-go. <laughs> you you, you got to keep him away from the alcohol. Yes. But, but here's the thing. I feel that alcohol was just a a symptom to the disease, which was the killing of Scrap. That's the, if you're really looking at it, the disease is his family. The symptom was drinking in order to silence what his family was doing. So I think it's better if you have to keep him away from the family as opposed to keep him away from the bar, which you could argue is the way how they, and I don't want it to be, but is the way how they write him off the show. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely Raquel. Like she was, you know, the, the reason he, picked up the bottle again. So um, if they find a way to fix that, then yeah, go ahead, Rich. I agree 100%. And this is the last thing I will say. It is a good idea that he stays away because if he comes back to New York, then Gary's theory will come true. And D. Wiz's brother, a.k.a. Breeze, to some people, will take him out. So we don't need to see that. You know I had to throw that reference in there only because. But we were going one <laughs> one episode where we didn't have to do this. One whole episode, we were free, but you just had to say breeze. No, no, I'm totally joking. That's not that's not going to happen. But uh, I hope you got your uh, drinking glass ready, Dana, because because uh, yeah, my, my my thoughts on who breeze might be kind kind of changed a little bit uh, <laughs> with, with some new <laughs> some new intel. But uh, yeah, but okay, yeah, I'm done talking about breeze for now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let, let's get to, uh, final thoughts and then, yeah, uh, we have a quick update about episode 10 as well, but we'll, we'll do our final thoughts first. So, uh, final thoughts for me, I, I don't really, um, have a lot. It's just, just that this was a very intense episode. Like I said, like I was like really on the edge of my seat watching it. Uh, I, I do want to say I, I like how they kind of built up to the Howard thing, um, you know, because it, it felt it felt very well put together. Like it wasn't it wasn't totally rushed like I thought it would be like, you know, how uh, Burke's father came back and figured things out and stuff like and, and then, you know, the conversation he had with uh, with Captain Batiste as well, you know. I like that he he immediately picked up on the fact that Laverne was the connection and that he was like, oh, I, why didn't we think of this? Because, you know, prior to that, he was he was very trusting of Howard. Like he was telling, you know, Captain Burke, you know, Howard is a stand up detective like he has nothing to do with this. And then 
after hearing him out and going through the facts, he realizes his own error in the fact that they forgot about, you know, the connection with Laverne and the fact that Laverne was, um, you know, dealing with Nicole and stuff like, and then, you know, that's also Marvin's daughter. So, you know, once he figured that out in, in his head, he was like, oh, damn, we, we, we messed up here. And then immediately, you know, that's when they called in the other detective and then, um, you know, and then when, when they confronted Howard and he came up with this whole spiel about, um, oh, that it was because of what you said, like you, you, you told me to not say anything and all this stuff, like that just showed how deceptive and cunning Howard is as well, like how slimy he is. Um, and I really like, it makes me think that he will get killed at some point, like just the way he, he's been acting this season. Um, but yeah, I, I just like how they did all of that. I like, like, I was really like uh, engrossed in all of that. Like his, the, them being so close to figuring out the truth about what, what happened, you know, with him um, and them being on his case. And I can't wait to see how that ends in the next episode. So uh, that's my final thoughts. Uh, I just, I liked how, you know, they connected the dots and everything. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the ambiguous ending uh, because, you know, either you're going to kill Lou or you're not. Um, and I don't like based on the fact that you did that. Now I feel like you're not going to kill Lou. Like it, it's kind of like you're, you're just trying to, you know, deceive us. You're trying to throw us off, I think. So I wasn't a huge fan of the ambiguous ending, but. I understand it, I guess, you know, I understand it. And it was like a well put together scene. It was well acted. So, um, you know, props on that. But yeah, uh, and then, and then also um, Kanan is like dressing more like Ronnie as well. Like, so that's, that was hilarious to see. It's like, <laughs> like he's getting his fashion sense from Ronnie. Like, I don't know, maybe Ronnie, because he's so OCD, maybe he's like putting out the clothes for Kanan. Maybe he's ironing the clothes and, Putting them out for Canaan and stuff like I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't that know was about funny. that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But um, yeah, uh, Rich, how about you go next? What's your final final thoughts? I I, I thought this was a very good episode. Uh, it perfectly sets up the finale. I also will agree that I did not like the open-endedness of the episode, but I understood, but I, now I'm going to have a high expectations for that finale because you had three particular storylines in a certain way. You had Howard's storyline in the way it did in this episode. You had Kanan, his storyline in the way it ended in this episode. And then you, of course you had the whole thing with Lulu. So I'm expecting to see a lot of big things happen in the finale next week. But, uh, overall I thought it was a very good episode and, uh, can't wait to see what everybody says about the comments on this show, as well as the finale next week. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to see what, what the people think. Um, but, yeah, Dana, uh, I see you got the notes. So hit us with your... I got the book of the notes. I have some, some, some things that I want to say. Um, first of all, yay to famous. But I wonder this. That song that everyone loves from Famous was therapeutic and, and, and something that he really needed to get out of his system. Now that he's no longer a part of the game and also remember the streets need a body thing, he's no longer part of that. I wonder what he else he can create afterwards. 
Now we saw him doing the open mic night and he had the nice little song and it was really cute. But I'm just kind of wondering, he's given the opportunity to work with this little Geffen producer. What is the music that he's going to make now, now that he is no longer in that environment? Is it still going to be street based or is it going to be like, hey, girl, your body's so good. Why don't you come over in my hood? Something like that. I don't know. But it should be interesting to see. And I really do hope that he is able to get his wish and get the music that he wants to get. Because as you look at it with this scene that he was in, he was really happy. Right. It wasn't it didn't seem like there was something that was weighing on him so much. And with that weight now released, does this mean that his music gets crappier? I don't know. But I'm interested to see how that all plays out. Another thing that I thought was really interesting that I loved was when, you know, um, what's her name? Raquel came in and you remember Lulu was tied up with the, with the, with the bands. And she said, there goes the, he goes, there goes the black widow. And she, he responds, there goes the black eye. You know how they respond to each other. Like you're basically the stain of what's going on. And he's like, we are, you're the killer of this family. Um, and what's really interesting. And again, this goes by why I say Lulu was not going to be killed is he needs to get off the streets. It wasn't, we need to take care of him. We got to take him out. You know, it was, he needs to get off of these streets. And I think that again is another sign of he needs to get off these streets. We're going to one, put him in another street, but that street just may be the countryside where, you know, the neighbors are like a mile away. That kind of rural situation where he can sober up and be all right with that. But my thing is, I wonder if he wants that for himself. That's the question I don't think anyone's asking. Is not so much of, are they going to kill him? My thing is, does he want to die? He said he didn't want to die when he was in that car. But he also said, I'm a dead man. I'm already dead inside. So I wonder, he may not die physically. What does he look like of I'm already dead inside? Can he even be rehabbed to want to live and have that life again? Not that life in terms of the drug life, but the terms of living. He stated, I'm not ready to go yet. So he kind of contradicted himself, but in the same way, he answered, I don't want to live this life anymore. But I'm just wondering, does he have the willpower to continue just to live, live? Or as when he says that, only he's able to take himself out. Are we looking, remember we said this goes back to suicide. Will there be a suicide where it's just too much for him to grapple with? So now he has to commit suicide. Um, other than that, I do find that it's going to be interesting that, you know, the only reason why Rami is still alive is because of Snaps and Pops. Remember, they said, you know, that and also our, you know, the investor doesn't want you dead yet. So in a way, was that Raquel saving Rami's life? I wonder. I don't know. But we do know that Pops and Snaps went there. 401k investment money back. So the biggest threat, I feel the biggest villain is actually going to be Snaps and, and Mom. Oh, Snaps and Pops. So that'll, of course, carry into season four, right? Four. That'll carry into season four. So that is when everyone starts to have to, you know, really get their stuff together and, and get at play here. Um, and then lastly, I just thought that this it brings up a lot of other questions. 
and it'll be really interesting to, to see what happens. And I wonder with this, when Jukebox was talking to the cops and she said, you know, essentially you ruined my life. Remember when she, she we do know she ends up joining the police force. Is she a crooked cop as a way to get revenge on just the NYPD in general? I wonder. I don't know. But that is something that I wonder. You messed up my life. Now I'm going to mess up a bunch of other, you know, yours. In, in a way of not directly yours, but the NYPD is in yours. You came and you harassed me. So we don't know. We know she was dirty. Was she dirty to other cops as well? That's what I wonder. So, again, very good episode. I look forward to what happens with the finale and how this ties together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great thoughts. Um, and, like, I, I agree with what you said about um, snaps and pops. I, I think they are going to become, like, key players going into the next season. Like, they're going to be, like, you know, maybe the big villains or, you know, they're going to, they're, they're going to stick around. Um, and um, I would like Raquel is such a boss as well that I wouldn't be surprised if she struck a deal with them already to get rid of Ronnie, like to, you know, to set him up basically. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if she already kind of like, you know, talked to them off screen and she's like, yo, I'll, I'll pay you, you know, your investment or whatever. I'll pay you whatever you need if we can get rid of Ronnie, like if we get him out the equation and, and like now she's got a green light to basically kill him. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. So, um, yeah, great point about uh, snaps and pops, but uh, yeah, that is going to be it. We're running a bit over time here, but I do want to, you know, there's a, there's a good reason for it because next week, uh, you know, I think a lot of people know already, but Stars has decided to not give the press early access to episode 10, which uh, which tells me that something huge is probably going to happen in episode 10. So, yeah, um, we want to let you guys know that the next episode will be a bit delayed. Uh, it won't it won't come out as early as it does, you know, usually. So, you know, you'll have to uh, it, it's either going to come that that same Friday that, that the episode comes out, you know, um, it, the episode might come out that evening or it's going to be the next day possibly because, you know, we need time to do what we do as well. So, you know, we just wanted to let you guys know that there will be a delay with the next power cost, um, you know, because of that, but you should be excited because this means, this probably means that something huge is happening in episode 10 uh, there, there has to be a reason why stars has chosen to do this obviously they don't want leaks and stuff so um everybody should be very excited for episode 10 the season finale um and then also by the time this is out i think maybe there might be some news about ghost as well so uh yeah look forward to that so <laughs> uh, a, lot, a lot of exciting things happening go ahead and Danny. and butter and butter we will have an interview with the with the cast of Butter. So we will know what is going to happen, which kind of also signifies they are not done yet. And also we know that they're coming back for the next season. But it's going to be Butter. Oh, yeah. Be on, be on the lookout for the Butter interview. You know, I can't wait for that myself. So, yeah, that's coming too. 
So we, we've got some other content coming for you guys, you know, even though the next episode is going to be a bit delayed. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for, for this week. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys for the finale next week. So until then, everybody take care of yourselves and have a good week. Peace out.